Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name's Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hello there. And this week we roll the dice once more as we roll into episode 237 of the podcast. If you downloaded last week's show on Godzilla, thank you for joining us once again. What's wrong with you? You deserve a medal. Uh, you know, get a chocolate bar this week. You know, just treat yourself. Because, uh, yeah, on the quest to find the greatest movies of all time, sometimes you take a detour and a wrong turn, you get to a dead end. Godzilla did not. The 1998 Godzilla, should specify, did was, not make it. It wasn't It wasn't a Godzilla film, was it? There was a problem deep down. There was no love. There was no interest. But most importantly, mate, it was not a bomb. It, it was not a bomb. It was not a bomb. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it wiped its face at the box office. Critically panned, yeah. cr- critically taken our back and had the shit kicked out of it, <laughs> yeah. but kept its money. <laughs> it's, uh, but this week, that's exactly what we're looking at. We're looking at box office bombs over the last 10 years. And actually, I went a bit deeper into the 90s. So um, we're just going to pick out some movies that have bombed at the box office. We are going to look at the last decade and say, well, which out of these, you know, deserves... Uh, it second, deserve. a second a chance yeah. or you know what deserves it because let's be honest some of the most loved films in the world have not been box office gold I'd always go to the Big Lebowski mate do I order the cinema no one went to go see it now cool classic probably the best Coen Brothers film one of the best films of all time it's in our fault just because we didn't go to see it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing maybe it's something gorgeous maybe something beautiful maybe you just couldn't find it mm. or maybe it's shit <laughs> maybe that's what we're here to find out we're here to look at those films that bombed at the box office, is there any redemption qualities? On the quest to find the greatest movies of all time, sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta you gotta clutch at straws, you've got to make wishes in the wind. Yeah, just, you've got you know, to get out there, mate. look under every stone and get your hands dirty. You've got to look. And out of 237 episodes, we've done everything from Godzilla, like last week, the 1998 Matthew Broderick movie. We, did we good, we've done good films. We've done good films. <laughs> we did, you know, we, we we've done uh, we've done Die Hard, we've done a lot of Spielberg work and Jurassic Park. We've looked at the you know the tour de force that is Amy Adams' career. But we'll leave no stone unturned on the quest to find the greatest of all time. Really interesting week this week then. Box office bombs. We've got some data, we've got some facts. But, you know, we're going to really just kind of chew the fat and just have a little bit of a discussion yeah. over some of these movies. In the 90s, quite interesting. We You know, we kick off early with Hudson Hawk, with Bruce Willis, art thief movie that um, I think was a time when cinema and actors like Bruce Willis, you know, felt untouchable. You know, people yeah, was, will flock yeah. to the summit because I'm bloody Bruce Willis. I'm yeah, exactly. Planet Hollywood. There is, there is, it's, uh, Hollywood is just a gamble. That's all it is. It's Vegas, but for high-powered film executives, you can research if you think someone watch a film, but at the wrong time. You put loads of money into like a serial killer film and then in real life there's an actual serial killer. Ain't nobody going to watch a film because that's in poor taste, friend. Yeah. You know, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. They gambled that Bruce Willis was going to be the golden boy forever. Well, it turns out that Hudson Hawk turned around and stuck his middle finger up at you because he was done. He was done being boxed off yeah. his gold. In fact, most of the 90s turned its back <laughs> on Bruce Willis. It came out of it strong with Sixth Sense and going into Unbreakable, obviously, in 2000. Yeah, but uh, not not the most part. No. <laughs> I always was in Pulp Fiction as well. Oh, there you go, see. Everyone's um, got Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah. That, so... I mean, that's what, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, sometimes it's not about the box office, you know, indie movies, films that don't get those big releases. Now, Netflix do not release their profitable incomes. And if they did, there'll be a lot more Adam Sandler on the list today, I, they, I imagine. They're so, 
It's such an arsehole thing, isn't it? They can sit there and say, oh, we do this and we do that. They're just lying. Have you noticed that every big film that they want to promote is the most watched film yeah. that they've done? It's, they're breaking box office records all the time. I imagine, We've got their word for it. Yeah, I imagine like when The Rock did Red Notice with, uh, with, yeah, with Ryan of, Reynolds. Part of the deal was that it was the most watched thing. He probably is, yeah. The Rock is a funny one, isn't it? Because he's, you know, he's one of those that he, he he's looking like he doesn't take negativity well he's but you know he's and he had and he's been in skyscraper you know what <laughs> i mean and he's been he was the tooth fairy right now never forget the tooth he was fairy. the tooth fairy he was he was the scorpion king <laughs> never we shall never forget the scorpion king um and he was in rampage you know so many that, that you think about like he was in doom but, <laughs> but black adam all of a sudden seems to really really like upset him, him. Yeah. yeah and then even he's coming out with figures and you know around like that it was profitable that it broke even i don't that it's being challenged and said no it didn't i think a love affair with the rock is over personally I, I think someone who consistently delivers we don't like the rock's films we like the rock's personality and, it, and when we kind of have cottoned on to the fact that The Rock just plays The Rock, Blackadder was literally the only film I've ever seen him in where he kind of plays someone different. It's like, oh, he has to. He has to be the kid of a slave <coughs> who gets godly powers. The, the Rock isn't that. The Rock's nearly like that, but he's yeah. not like that. So it was really weird, but I think it's because he thought he was going to save this franchise. And this franchise turned around and went, no, we're resetting. We're retconning our entire universe based on you. <laughs> basically, James Gunn has basically gone, not for you, The Rock, middle finger, we're done. Thank you for killing yet another franchise. Mate, he's not even in Fast and Furious anymore because he thinks he's bigger than it. Uh, the Rock, whilst one of the most bankable stars in Hollywood, is not a profitable star because he costs an arm and a leg. When we go through the list, we'll see that it's usually big castings. It's big productions. It's the gambles. I think The Rock has turned himself from safe bet into gamble. The next few years, The Rock will be on this list, dominating. I, I don't know because I think what The Rock has in his pocket is seven books production, his team, that in his contract will be his marketing. So if a movie's budget is massively increased due to the amount of marketing to get mm. it into all the countries around the world or to get it on the sides of buses and, you know, and posters and advertisements and screen space in cinemas, you know, for trailers, The Rock delivers that because his Instagram followers, has, you know, because of the millions of people he has and the and the, uh, the relentless promo he will do for his films. He'll, you know, give interviews. He'll do all of his um, social media stories and stuff. We say that. However, Jungle Cruise, mate, whilst you can argue with the pandemic and its release date, is on the top 20 list of box office flops. I know he's not in the top 10, but Jungle Cruise is on there. Yeah. So The Rock is not safe from this. And I just think in the next few years, he'll be relentless. He'll carry on doing it. But we as audiences will be turned off. And I'm just saying, I know we're talking about the past. Why is it in the future? Rock, you've probably got an Oscar coming your way, but you've definitely got a box office bomb coming your way. You've got a Razzie at some point. He's got mate. I'm sure he's got a Razzie. If we look at the top 10 biggest box office bombs, um, you know, we... In, in, in descending order, then Tomorrowland at number ten. Eh, it was it was an alright film. I don't think it was bad. It's one of these films that because they went a little extra with the budgets and everything, you, you feel like you you you, you could have saved yourself. Yeah, I, I think uh, claw back on that Clooney. Cl yeah, Clooney, <laughs> um, he's done it again. I think as well with some of these, we should say off the bat before we go into it is uh, you've alluded to that. Yeah, if you have a, a film about a particular incident and then the PR around that film becomes negative because something happens that's very on the nose of that. So Is it Gone Gone Baby Girl? Gone, no. Gone Girl. 
gone. No, it's not gone. Girl, it was the one with Casey Affleck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It happened at the same time as Madeline McCann, as I call. So it didn't come out in this yeah. country for like another three years after that. Because and obviously, it's about missing daughter. And- yeah, action movies around the time of nine uh, eleven were all kind of um, felt bad taste, poor taste to kind of release. Of course, pandemic. You know, Tenant wasn't the hit that um, that I think they thought it was going to be, and probably could have been had it not been during uh, a worldwide pandemic. But um, yeah, so there are a couple of factors to consider. But as it stands, Tomorrow Land isn't number ten. Pan is at number nine. Pan. So that's the, um, the Hugh Jackman hook version. Hate Peter Pan. Always have hated Peter Pan. I hate the story. I can't, mate. And I know there's something wrong with me because Peter Pan's a fine story. But fuck off. I don't care. The only time I've ever liked it was Robin Williams, and it's because he's not a boy; he's a grown man. Yeah. There you go. There's he's a your very humor. Boring it's, 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 I'm all for it. Yeah. The fact that he works in accounting and is quite possibly the most boring man excited me beyond belief. <laughs> it's the most exciting thing they've ever done with Pete Pan. And mate, I'm going to boil it down right now. It's going to be an angry episode. Fucking a shadow. Control your shadow, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's one of the most obnoxious shadows. I'm going to say this. Esther hears this rant all the time. Every time some <laughs> Peter Pan comes on, I'm I'm on it. I'm like, I hate Peter Pan so much. Sorry, mate. I'm I, sorry to bring Peter Pan. No, I knew to this I knew show. I knew the moment I talked about I knew I, I knew the trigger today was gonna to be Hugh Jackman or Pan. I don't know why. It's just when you walked in my house, I thought he's on it. Today. He's on it. But yeah, I mean the evolution as well of Hawk, you know, Dustin Hoffman kind of hammed it up a bit. Hugh Jackman, I mean, I don't know what he was going for in that role. And then now we've got Jude Law in the um is the latest. To, I don't know how they're going the through this. It's like it's a, surely Hook is an old man. Surely. How is Charles Dance not a hook? Like, legitimately how? I, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I still wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I still would not watch it. Um, we spent way longer on that than I thought we were going to. <laughs> Mars Needs Mums, the uh, the animated Disney flop. The, I think one of the biggest animated flops. Yeah, you, you sometimes you just can't polish it dead. Battleship, which, oh my God, what a... There, there, are, there are films, and I clearly remember... Um, that for me, Transformers 2 yes. was a movie that when I watched it, there was that much shit happening in one particular scene. Is I that the balls on top of the yeah, pyramid? Yeah, you, right? you see a pair of balls on a robot. There's that much mashing up on screen. I remember just being in the cinema thinking, I don't actually know who's hitting who or what's yes. happening. It was, and it released this onslaught of movies that were just so action-packed nonsense. Yeah. Battleship, I watched it a few weeks back, or a few months back. We did a... We did an episode that was, I think was themed around movies that you've heard were bad, so you avoided yeah. them, and then actually were they bad? And, I knew that you'd seen fucking it. fucking was bad. Hey, I'd mate, it, when I look at Rihanna at the Super Bowl, I was like, do you know what she needs to be? She needs to be the film with Liam Neeson. <laughs> and yeah. box office poison, Tyler Kitch. <laughs> the, man, the man who's single-handedly killing Hollywood. <laughs> he is. He, he has... <laughs> He has had a run of like... <laughs> like, you, that man will not stop yeah, until I mean, no films ever get he's got He's got the number one slot in this. <laughs> and uh, was he Tarzan? Or was that the Starsguard brother? I think it was the Starsguard brother. Don't worry, Tyler Kitsch has got another one coming out. Mate, he, he nearly killed True Detective. I was going to say, was it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd like um, to point out, good actor, because he's in the TV show, but I don't want to ruin him too much. Friday Night lights the tv show mm. he is phenomenal and he's actually very good so i don't blame him as that he just seems to have shit luck <laughs> uh we've also got uh in at number six sinbad legend of the seven seas another animation um, this is a cast though it's got to be the cast and we were at, oh sorry mate i'm no, talking no, 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 i'm no. just gonna say 
we were all about 3D animation. It came out a year too late. If that had come out two years, fine. We would have been fine. We would have liked, you know, I believe it's Brad Pitt. Sandra Bullock made me voicing the character mm. there. Well, but I thought it was perfectly fine. But it came out. We couldn't give a toss about 2D animation. We were in the three. We wanted Toy Story, mate. We wanted 3D. We wanted Bugs Life. That's, mm. that's something wrong with our species. I we want 4D, wanted, man. I went to smell those bugs. Yeah, you did. So, you know what? You just came at the wrong time. You you were dead in order. Mm. You, I, and you nearly killed DreamWorks, didn't you? Was it DreamWorks? Yeah, I, I, there is another movie that I'm going to get onto that nearly killed DreamWorks as well. And oh. so it was the it was the end of 2D animation. We'll get onto that one. But then Circular, now 2D animation is is no longer your niche. is back. We love 2D mm. animation. And you can coexist with 3D animation. Completely. I think at that time, though, as audiences, you had to pick one. Yeah. Rather 3D or 2D. <laughs> yeah. It's like your parents, like, you fucking pick one. <laughs> and that's all you're having. Um, Cut for Island at number five kind of killed off... Um, pirate movies I suppose for a while it did it also killed off Gina Davis's career for yeah. a bit Mortal Engines at number four Peter Jackson's <sighs> like fantasy you know novel Peter Jackson's like I got this man have you seen my fucking awards cabinet yeah leave this with me this one didn't hurts. work yeah this one hurts because the idea of cities going around gobbling up other cities is phenomenal it's a really cool idea I remember yeah, when you it, open it and you see like a small village being eaten by is it London yeah it, that's really cool when it translates to the film, wow, what a wow, what, it, what a boring film. It, it, it works on page and in your imagination. But when you actually see it. seeing it, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because it's very hard to bring that to life in a Mad Max kind of way. Yeah. That, that has these like cities chasing each other, yeah, eating them. I, I don't not, get it. I, I don't care about the main character or why <laughs> she hates Agent Smith from The Matrix or fucking Elrond mm. from Lord of the Rings or the actual actor's name Hugo Weaving. Like, Hugo Weaving is like a dick-swinging, swashbuckling city-eater. Mm. <laughs> and he's, he's a hero. And, but, but, but surely no one thinks it's a good thing that they go around and consume Well, they, they need the resource, don't they? I mean, that's what they're saying in it, is that, you know. Yeah, but also, bad. the operation of trying to put a city on wheels is... Uh, I just can't be asked <laughs> to think about it. I'll be honest, very bad film. I remember going to see that at the cinema with a friend who read the books and beloved the books and and was gutted with yeah. that film. And the only Which is a shame because at the same you would Peter Jackson at that time, any film to any book to film adaptation, you'd be like, yeah, Peter Jackson, Peter Jackson. Well I I been with him previously to watch the Dark Tower film with Idris Elba. Oh my and, god, um, mate. Yeah, and uh, Matthew McConaughey. And so it's so not a great streak you've got with this friend. Exactly, yeah. I don't like him anymore. And um <laughs> And I was gutted, and he was like, "I didn't think it was that much of a bad movie." And then, so of course, Mortal Engines come around. I'm like, "I didn't think it was a bad movie, mate." Thirteenth <laughs> Warrior, which is an odd one, that oh, and that also one. being 30, uh, number three on the list as well. That's a shame. I like Thirteenth Warrior. I think the I only saw it as a kid, mm. and the fact that you can only see the villain from Ghostbusters two in Ghostbusters two or this film, and then I like Antonio Banderas is is quite good in it. It's like the outcast warrior, the, the different warrior cultures, the Vikings setting out to kill. It is a retelling of uh, Grendel's mother, isn't it? Yeah. The uh, Beowulf. I really like this film. Mm. Again, I haven't seen it, and there's, I haven't seen it for like 20 years. I really did it, like it, it when it, I first yeah, watched it. it might not have aged that well. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of Disney on this list, but they take number two with The Lone Ranger. I think a film that was shrouded in controversy because it was all over the news that they were going through rewrites, that they were starting the movie without having a finished script. It was going to be edited. It was changed. It was massively over budget. Yeah. Star cast. Um, uh, racial appropriation. Yeah, re- um, turns out that turns out that two of the actors in this film had like one of them had a political court case. The other one was maybe a cannibal. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and also you know a huge marketing campaign. 
when uh, America realised not the the whole world doesn't necessarily like cowboy movies or or western style films. Do you know they're the, not marketable across the whole world. Do you know what the worst thing about this film is? I really like it. I I like this. It film. doesn't. I, yeah. I, I I don't get me wrong. Some of the casting's weird, but it doesn't deserve back, to be second. Let's go back in time. Arnie Hammer was a good choice before we learned of what it was. Johnny Depp was bankable. Like he was he was the Bruce Willis of Hudson. The man couldn't do anything wrong. And I'll always forgive Ruth Wilson posing it. Yeah. And famous, obviously, we'd all loved her in Alice, uh, playing Alice Morgan in um Luther. Luther. She's on the big screen. I loved it. I genuinely thought it was a good film. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, and it looks expensive, it looks good, it's yeah. polished, it's you know, it, it had that right blend of action, a bit of comedy, good acting. It doesn't deserve to be second. It doesn't. It don't get me wrong. It's not the it's not the best film, but I genuinely quite liked it. I mean, it doesn't. Battleships deserves to be second over over uh, Lone Ranger. But no, I think Battleships was quite bankable because I don't know about you. I used to play Connect Four with my mom. And oh, I remember. Yeah. I remember thinking when I was like, "This what make film? a fucking great mm. film." Yeah, I need to see. I need to see their big red discs <laughs> on the screen. I can't think. Of, who saw Battleships? They go. Oh, right, so it's about two posing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some sort of like, some sort of radar blackout, you're thinking, and they're trying to blow each other up by only using, oh my God, it was close. Let's try here. Let's go D5. Oh my God, there's a good storyline. Um, aliens. Yeah, all right, then. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, go aliens. Oh, do you know, remember Monopoly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's make a film about that. Yeah, show it. Oh, they're doing that. Fuck me. Fuck me. Yeah, Kevin Hart's been assigned to that for Jesus ages, hasn't he? Christ. It works with films like Cluedo. Yes, because you could have a murder mystery yeah. comedy type thing. But the you could also have a horror. Like Cluedo isn't a comedy game or yeah. family friendly. It's about murder. But I mean, in Battleship, I mean, it really is loosely based on a, on the on the game. It, I mean, it's by name only, really, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. And I think someone does say you shunk, sunk a battleship somewhere in the middle. That was it. it, was it. it was <laughs> like, there's aliens and there's all sorts of other stuff. And I remember that film as well, watching it when the aliens come down. They are so aggressively out, you know. Uh, outsmarting the uh, the the man- mankind's weaponry mm. that you're like I know I know we're gonna win because that's the point of the film but I, <laughs> but how and and then well, I don't really give a shit not, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Independence perfected that by uploading a virus yes, there's something else you need to see after that of course we're stalling we're, we're skirting around it number one of course John Carr I think I think many film fans know John Carr was the big box office bomb and is still highly regarded as as the film that really broke the bank and, and almost put studios under. So this so this was really cool. So when this came out, <laughs> so doing research for this, we had an econ- the economy was shrinking. We were going through a kind of a budgetary crisis and they were worried that this film would actually kill Hollywood. Like it became a big thing because Hollywood, Hollywood was not able to get um, bailouts. So if this film had gone under and taken Disney with it, it would have taken other smaller things out of it. They were genuinely worried that this film, I'm going to tell you now, isn't actually a bad film. It's not marketed. The thing was, the only thing you heard about this film was that it was going to be a flop. It was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I heard about this film endangering Hollywood before I even heard about the mm. film. It's not an actually bad film. Don't get me wrong. Again, it's not great. It's not fantastic. But there's worse films out there. Worse films that made a lot more money. What's the one I always get it mixed up with? The Chan Tatum one. Oh, I don't know. Where he was a dog, but he's not a dog anymore. <laughs> Had to... Um, no, I did. Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. <laughs> What's really weird? <laughs> was, you said that, where he plays a dog. And I was like, 
I was thinking about it could have been a number of films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't immediately go Jupiter Ascending. Yeah. I went, that's could, the Eddie Redmayne one, of them. Yeah, it? yeah, there's the Eddie Redmayne yeah. one, who had just won the Oscar the year before and then brought out this steaming That happens pile. a lot though, doesn't it? It's yeah, like, it does. his actors of, of, um, of winning an Oscar or the tipped <laughs> and then they're like, oh shit. You, Jupiter you know, Ascending should yeah. be on this fucking list. That, that is, should be on that this, should be on this yeah. list. John Carr, I think, I think um, there was, a, it was also a time when online fans and online communities and forums sabotaged it because they heard how much of the original material was going to be scrapped or not respected and, yeah. and I think again it upset fans before they'd even seen it because they it, it was even going to have a longer title wasn't it and they shortened it just to John Carter um, it's a weird story that I can't imagine many people it's about and don't get me wrong it's been a fucking ages since I've seen it I saw it because I wanted to support this film I can't remember anything about it I'm sure it's like a civil war soldier gets he's in Mars isn't he fighting another war fucking weird who sits around going that'd be an awesome story I know I know but they, they're the top 10 I mean we talked about the 90s Hudson Hawk Father's Day the uh, Billy Crystal uh, Robin Williams surprising you know at the peak of their careers in the 90s well, who, not the peak, the, but... who are they, they coming with it Mel Gibson coming with that film that that uh, Scott, Scott the body piercer <laughs> and terrorist towards the end of that film um, Jack Frost 98 you know if you can't get uh, George Clooney you get a different Batman get Michael Keaton <laughs> Just change the background. I, I right. The day I found out, and I make the joke all the time, but the day I found out that the Jack Frost, one of the big issues they had with the production of that is they'd already modelled the snowman to look like George Clooney. Couldn't change it, man, because yeah. there was spot on that one. <laughs> but like now, whenever I see that snowman, I do see George Clooney slightly. No one else sees it. No but one I sees it. Gone. I think they did a good job of turning it into Michael Keaton. <laughs> it just looked like George Clooney still. It's the smile, James. Um, <laughs> the horning look and the carrots. Before that as well. Hollywood's fucking I come up with some shit in my job and I think people think I'm loony yeah but you imagine being the person who's like right kid's dad dies yeah comes back as a snowman sold <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like how much money do you need 18 billion yeah Give and, it. That, and that's the other thing I always find when I come up with my loony ideas I'm not asking for any money behind it <laughs> do you know what I mean like some of these people walking into these like do you know any time you go for a loan you're fucking all you need like a pay increase and they go you just don't have the budget for it. Someone should turn around and go, well, they may challenge them a dog. And then you go, that's a fair point. <laughs> there's a great, there's a great story Kevin Smith tells um, when he was approached in the nineties to do a Superman movie after he was helping with like rewrites mm. on uh, the Tim Burton one that never happened, you know, which yeah, the, Nick yeah. Cage and that. Uh, Superman forever, wasn't it? Superman legacy. Well, one of them. Yeah. yeah. And what, it, and, and um, this producer, I, I don't think he named who it is, but basically said, I don't want it to be like a Superman movie with like all kryptonite and everything like that. And I don't care what you do, but it's less about the suit. It's more about him being on earth, but he has to fight a giant spider at the end of the movie. <laughs> and Kevin's been being like, the fuck, it? what do you mean? And, and th so this person was like, had a hard on for seeing Superman fight a giant spider. Right? Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't happen. Kevin Smith walks away from it and he tells this really good story. And then he says basically like, um, that producer went on to make the film Wild Wild West and it goes through does this story like, and I'm sat in the cinema watching it and a fucking giant spider at the end of that film comes out and he's like but that's so weird isn't it that one person that has such a fetish for wanting personally wanted. wanting to wanted, see mate. it mate he was devastated when he signed on for while he was sleeping it's like right at the end yeah. <laughs> just, just, spider. Yeah. come on attack Sandra Bullock I like to think he watched the Wild Wild West he goes it wasn't what I thought it was going to be <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be more theory. Yeah, I thought it. Yeah, it just I thought, um, I thought the legs would be more spider. Or, or he just, or he walks out, and goes, "Ah, you win some, you lose some." <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I 
don't matter. He just <laughs> went over and just knocked one out. I mean, he was like <laughs> fucking spicy. <laughs> it don't matter that he's just like destroyed the <laughs> like Western a... genre. <laughs> How much money has he spent, right? So, yeah, so he's a producer on Super Legacy. He's like, I want a spider. Go through all of these people. Then goes to Wild Wild West, which yeah. again, box office pop. Yeah. I think, I think, all in the pursuit more. of the perfect giant spider. <laughs> and, it, and it didn't pay off. I mean, you look at that, that film, Kevin Mate, you fucking, mate, you fucking watched uh, Chamber of Secrets. I probably fucking flipped oh. his head. He's like, that's how you do a giant spider. That's how you do it. Yeah. I mean, the, the um, or oh, that Denis Villeneuve movie, Enemy, the spider in that at the end. Fuck yes. out, just get the shit out of me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's weird, isn't it? Wild Wild West is one of the movies. Chris Klein, you've got Kenneth Branagh at the end of that movie in a mechanical spider. And he's like, what am I watching? I went to cinema to watch that. I we, did. We, we happy with that. See, on paper, I don't know. I think Wild Wild West works, mate, as an art piece. No. It's, it's This is what the human mind could achieve. It, it, and it's weird, isn't it? Like, always fascinates me when they make there are films that get criticised because they you know they, they don't follow, follow like historical accuracy or they take liberties with like well that you know like a lot of films set in New York dialed free you know films mm. like that where it's like oh yeah 10 minutes to get here and anyone who lives there knows you can't do that or, or that street doesn't join us that and you've got to take some liberties for storytelling I get that otherwise otherwise you're essentially Google Maps but it, <laughs> Just... all, it always it always <clears throat> like fascinates me when films don't even attempt to have the technology of the time or you know the bit in that film where they've got the neck braces on yes. that attract the razor thing yes that just will like a magnet like a boomerang thing and you're like and the giant spider. I mean, obviously, yeah. Why? Why not? Yeah, the giant spider. We yeah. just talked about in a western <laughs> always, movie. Always go for the giant spider, mate. I, I, I really don't like <laughs> them kind of films. I don't think. I think they they the lower. You know, when you can when you can take those kind of liberties and just go, oh yeah, yeah. You know, the machine gun wasn't invented for another hundred years. But, oh fuck it. Well, I've ten of them in this film. <laughs> Everyone's got a machine gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fire breathing mechanical spider, whatever it is. It's just yeah. Wild West wasn't a good film. It was, it wasn't. No one knows. We'll do it as a feature in one of our upcoming episodes. Um, Titan AE. I mean, we could. I I loved Titan AE. (coughs) I thought it was a gorgeous 3D written. And you can tell. Now, it's a box office bomb because of two things. But in an animated film, that's all you can really spend on. The animation is crisp and gorgeous. Mm. They wanted a Disney 2D style quality, obviously, to come out. It's not a Disney film, is it? No, no. Yeah, so it wanted to basically trick you into thinking, and it was different, it was a futuristic and it was mainstream. So they obviously went big on that name. I remember Matt Damon definitely, I remember some other bigger names being cast in it. And the animations, so the voice acting, and I actually really liked it. But a, after Earth, Earth had been destroyed, they need to find a new home. Don't get me wrong, as a child, uh, sorry, as an adult now, I've probably lost the magic, but I remember seeing that thinking, I love sci-fi films. It was a, it was an animated sci-fi game, Earth, uh, film that would seem to be different from the rest and I gravitate to that so I don't understand mm. and I, maybe I it was aimed at cool audiences maybe it was aimed at audiences that were adults and in reality that's where it lost a lot of its moolah uh, and you know I'm certain a lot of Eddie Murphy movies can make the list but Pluto Nash I think being the most significant one so, um, going into the 2000s you, have you seen that have you seen Pluto Nash yeah yeah I have yeah you know the big surprise at the end yeah that, that Eddie Murphy's the villain yeah makes sense doesn't it <laughs> Just, only Eddie Murphy could out Eddie Murphy in an Eddie Murphy film. It's just like Norbit. It's like, who are we going to have stupid enough to go against Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy and Drag Salt. Yeah. <laughs> just pay that man. And I think that's why a lot of his bombs aren't in here, because he saves a lot on the cast because he casts himself. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Yeah, so, no, for, you know, we were going to look at the 10. 
is a, and they obviously do appear. So we may go into them in a little bit more detail, but 2003, Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas animation, the end of DreamWorks hand-drawn animations. Oh, it's a shame, wasn't it? Mm. It was a shame. It was fine. It was, it was an all right film. Again, not a bad film. How do you save this? Come out two years earlier. Come out two years early because what you what killed you was a market that was ravenous for 3D films. It's, um, as well, just got some uh, stats here. So it grossed 80 million, which isn't bad on, on a 60 million budget. Uh, but I think what why it was regarded the flop was because Finding Nemo came out the same summer, nine hundred and forty million. That's that's where that's what killed you. That's what killed yeah. you. Finding Nemo. I'm, t- I'm talking to a story, but it was, it was Finding Nemo because I've, Finding Nemo was a great film. As yeah, well. and and it, I think it was also maybe maybe the the start of uh, films that parents would enjoy as much as the kids. Yeah, because, so that's a good show, because it you know that. As a kid, it's like, oh, it's bright, it's brilliant. You know, you've got the characters like, you know, Crush the Turtle and all those kind of things, you know. And, and then you've got a story of a father trying to find his son. Yeah, and, and so it pulls on the heartstrings of adults who... Who, who have to sit have, through that film as well. Yeah, who, but who have probably had that fear of losing a child or, or you know, uh, I had a friend who told me once that they lost their... Um, someone I worked with um, was holding hands with their kid at Disneyland when, mm. it, when it was leaving time you know kicking out time so thousands of people and the kid let go of the hand and ran off into the crowd and said it was the scariest thing Jesus because people Christ. don't give a shit they're just leaving in a herd and somewhere is your kid in that mess and you know uh, uh, yeah so I imagine you, well that's fucking horrible thanks for that but I imagine Finding Nemo like I say was what, now when we watch I've watched animated films now as a, as a kid I kind of watched it for one thing and now as an adult when I watch them I see them for something completely different Toy Story is a great one mm. When you go back to, you know, when you see Toy Story as a kid, you know, you go straight home and you're like, fucking move. You know, to, 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 you, know like you get your trolls out, you're like, when one of you is going to move. As an adult, you're like, it's a coming of age story, you know, in the sense of passing down your kid, you know, you're, you're moving on. Going I love to the college. layers of stuff. You, you know, it always bows down to me. It's like, even the simplest thing is the sci-fi kill films kill the Western. Mm. So Woody the Cowboy is replaced by the, the Spaceman. I just love shit like that. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's got layers to it. Um, yeah, uh, DreamWorks at the time lost 125 million and has never returned to making hand-drawn animation. It is wise, yeah. Thus, Sinbad became known as a meek farewell to the studio's 2D uh, cartoons. It wasn't a great film either. It's very forgettable. I think you you and this is something that happens with animated films and where a lot of the box office bombs come. Someone thinks if you've got a famous voice, you can voice act. You can't. Mm. Um, Brad Pitt will never be as good as. I generally passed recently something north. I forgot his name. He played Batman. Because one of them's a voice actor and has to act purely for the voice. The other one is used to movement and, and using things. Oh, do you voice- mean Kevin... Um, oh, yeah. Ke- yeah. Sorry, I was, just trying to think, I was just trying to think of... Um, Kevin Conroy. Sorry, yeah. <clears throat> Kevin Conroy. Or an even better example is Luke Skywalker himself. Um, Mark please. Hamill. Mark Hamill knows that because Mark Hamill is a fantastic voice actor but knows the difference between voice acting and actual acting. And I just feel like studios around this time well, like you've got a famous voice is a massive check. Mm. Do this, and there is a difference. Voice acting is a different skill. It's better yeah. from you can tell that from Mel Gibson playing uh, John Smith in Pocahontas. There you go, see exactly. Mm. Thank you, Mel Gibson. <laughs> Talking of Mel Gibson, two thousand four, the Alamo lost a hundred million at the box office, mainly due to Pasha the Christ, but he does move in mysterious ways. <laughs> <laughs> like, you imagine being involved in the Alamo and being like religious, you know, yeah. and having faith and being like. <laughs> What God? What have I done? Like, come on, man! Like, you sold enough books. You don't need to take the screen as well. 
No one can stop Jesus, mate. I, it, the, 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 the thing that the film goers love, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get enough of that there torture. Well, it came out, you know, at a time where we were right for torture porn. <laughs> it's, it's a sort <laughs> franchise, mate. Passion of the Christ. I did, I did see it. It was a hard 18, but my dad took me to the cinema and, you know, proved that an 18 means you must be accompanied by an 18. You don't have to be 18. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think at the time I was 16 when I went to go watch it. And uh, I just remember my dad, the Odeon in Lincoln... Has a big conveyor belt afterwards, a slow moving conveyor belt. He's very um, slow, isn't it? Yeah. I do actually quite like the slowness of it. It gives you time and opportunity to talk about it. The yeah. one in Sheffield was like, get the fuck out of this building. But I remember as we're on that with people all around us, my dad just went, good, but I saw the ending before it happened. <laughs> and, I, and at the time I thought, you're a genius, actually. <laughs> I like, yeah. Um, the Alamo, I've never watched it. I, it's I, it, Oddly enough, it was on it, it was on my Disney Plus home screen today. I was like, what the fuck have I done, Disney, to deserve this? <laughs> um, but I haven't seen it. Um, I think it's a uh, Billy Bob Thornton film. I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> no. I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with not seeing just, it. Apparently, like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen it. Because I have seen, unfortunately, the 2005 box office bomb. The studio wanted to bring people the passion of Top Gun. The world loved robots. Fucking put them together. Jamie Foxx. Stealth. Fuck me. Do you remember that, God, movie? that Yes. Yeah. Jamie Foxx dies first in the film as well. Yeah. It's about a sentient fucking fire jet. Yeah. Like, for, for what I don't understand is they bring out a sentient fire jet. We don't really understand why you need three humans in it. And, and you certainly don't know why you need Josh Lucas in the lead role. Josh Lucas. It, 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 there's another one who's box office poison. Yeah. He'll never be in a great film. <laughs> No, because you think 2005 did that. I've, I think, don't hate me into that, but I think Ang Lee's Hulk was he, 2006. He was also in that as well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I think he was in that, which Empire Magazine gave five stars, so it couldn't have been that bad. Because five star ratings, as we know, that you know works. Can I just say that fucking Stealth was a film I was not expecting you to pull out. I'm fairly certain it goes bad. And they try and hunt it down. And it's like, it goes through that thing that AI all goes through. It says, you shouldn't be doing that, Dave. So therefore, I will eradicate the human race. Yeah. <laughs> so, cheers, it's AI. Like you've given me free free thinking and I've, just, and I've, <laughs> I've decided and, to punish you for yeah. this. And, and it is that, it is that bite of the hand that feeds kind of storyline, isn't it, that, that Hollywood likes. Mm. You know, and, and um, you know, what have we done? What have we created? But, I mean, and it is also at the time paranoia because the stealth bombers, it's, you know, like when the Concorde came out, Yes, you know, and everyone was like, "Fucking hell, it's like it's the end. it's the start of the end," you know. Because I don't it's understand why Concorde was never an actual thing. Like you could travel half the world in like, like the people are like no. It's because people. It's too good for us. <laughs> That's what I think it is. I think people were just genuinely. Fucking like, loved Concorde. Yeah, it's like the piece of person who made you know the the um, you, you know the the Easter egg sized cream egg and was like the world can't have this. <laughs> I've doomed the human race. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've, it's you know I think that's the case with um, stealth. It, no one asked for it, <laughs> no one wanted it, but it, it played on that. Yeah, that paranoia that weapons were once again advancing. Um, what happens if it becomes sentient? Two thousand six. Hey, remember Josh Lucas? I do. Who's just Josh been Lucas. in? Uh, who's just been in stealth and has been in Ang Lee's The Hulk? Yeah. Well, here we go. Poseidon Adventure. This time, Kurt Russell taking the role of Gene Hackman <sighs> in the top sided remake. I. Love the original Poseidon Adventure movie, the Gene Hackman one. And I think for its time, was a real good fun. I imagine being on that set and having everything turned upside down and you have to navigate a bunch of survivors out of a um, a, a sinking vessel. It's and a really cool idea. And it had a massive cast in it. Yeah. Okay, and it, and it, is, it. it is one of them ones as well where it's like, it's weird. It, it's like, 
they're jumping across, you know, ledges and there's a chandelier that would otherwise be on the ceiling, but because of where they are, it's, you know, they're all stood on it. Yeah. And one of them doesn't make the jump. It's like, no, it's like, yeah, but they're in water. Yeah, I was going like, to say, just, just, just swim. Not, yeah, <laughs> just, just, just come back up and the floor ain't lava, James. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the sign adventure. Um, what, I think it was remade at the wrong time. I don't. The, I don't think the graphics were there. Sign adventure though, because it's quite a generic story. Will definitely be made in the next ten years. Remade again. Yeah, it will. And, and this is a Hollywood thing, isn't it? Is that they'll have people on retainer like Kurt Russell. A certain studio will have him. Yeah. Like, look, you can't do another movie because we got you signed up to something. And it's like, yeah, yeah. they'll be like, yeah, because Re- remakes is the other thing. Is it pulling on nostalgia? The lazy work of it's not lazy. There are been some great remakes. It's weird though that remakes so far haven't come up on this list. Mm. That's weird. So, so you could argue that we, as a fucking species, fucking love it. We love the same idea retold. Yeah, and studios love sequels. If your first movie makes millions, it's guaranteed you're going to get a sequel, regardless of whether or not you think that film deserves a sequel. Obviously, films like Batman, you know, you're going to get the second Batman movie. <coughs> Sorry, that's the Michael Keaton one. But who watched Bruce Almighty and thought what we really need is a follow-up to that film? But it made $484 million at the box office. And so a sequel was inevitable. And um, so we got Evan Almighty trading in Bruce, or the leading man of Jim Carrey, this time for Steve Carell, hot off the 40-year-old virgin um, kind of success. Um, you yeah. know that unlikable character from the first one? Let's give him his own film where we as an audience are supposed to forget that he was an unlikable arsehole in the first one. And let's do a story around him with randomly, forgive me if I'm wrong, John Goodman playing a senator for yes. no reason. <laughs> yeah. And, and also, it, I mean, it's just too on the nose, isn't it? The first one is get the godlike powers and... It was fun watching Jim Carrey play around with those kind of things and the consequences of that. And it had it had that, you know, that thing that we've all had where we all feel the victim and, you know, f- bad things happen and it's like, God, another thing, just give me a break. Yeah. You know, and and then it plays on that because, and that's something that we can all relate to. We go into that cinema, be like, I've had that day, I've had that week, that month where just everything feels against me, mm. tested my faith. I'm having a week like that, mate. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But no one went into Evan Almighty going, I've always wanted to build an ark. <laughs> well, what I love about it is there are a lot of <clears throat> there are a lot of parables you take from the Bible. Like, wouldn't it have been really cool like if they completely switched it? It's not a comedy, it's a horror. Morgan Freeman goes, I want you to pick I'm gonna cane and able you. You've got two kids, one of them's dead, pick one. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, but also I want you to do it. And then Morgan Freeman's like, fuck off. <laughs> and then leaves. Mate, there you go, horror. Mm. A Steve Carell hunts down his children trying to pick one to kill. Sign it, seal it, make it. Sixteen million pounds, mate. If they can turn Channing Tatum into a dog, they can make my serial killer move. No, they turn Steve the dog Carell. into Channing Tatum. It's a harder job. Um, yeah, I mean, a film on the Ten Commandments would work, wouldn't it? Yeah, do or these like tasks, the, or, or like, I'll release the Ten Commandments. Or like the seven, the seven deadly sins, mate. Never heard of. Um, Two thousand eight was going to be a really tough year because you're going up against Iron Man. Speed mm. Racer gave it a go. The Amelia Hirsch movie with um, oh, I know, it. I haven't seen Fox. it because oh, it's the the Wachowski <laughs> sisters again, it's who, who had that one good idea in the nineties and have somehow fucking ridden it for twenty years. Yeah, the Wachowskis' um, big big animated movie um, struggled to make up its one hundred and twenty million budget. I mean, that film it did look unique. It did look unique. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, yes, it did. Yeah, it, it had a it had an aspectic to it, it, had a style to it that I hadn't seen, and I do regrettably remember seeing this one at the cinema. And oh, you're not you? a Emilio Hirsch fan, are you? No, I don't know why. He just looks dirty. Just wash your face. 
<laughs> he's, just uh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, Iron Man, fucking hell, you think 2008, the start of what we've got now. Yeah. It's um, to blame. <laughs> You're right. It's 2008. That's why you can't watch a film now. That's why you have to watch 29 other films just to watch one. Disney, Disney did a really weird thing in 2009 in that off the back of um, Robert Zemeckis play, making movies like Polar Express, which wasn't a flop, but didn't make the money that I think they thought it was going to. It yeah. was a very expensive animation. Um, you know, making dark or um, I suppose Christmas movies that weren't necessarily all cheer. They thought, let's make Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, who I like in dramatic roles. Yeah. But Jim Carrey in that animated um, movie, they were, also they had, uh, what was his name in it? Um, Gary Oldman was in it, wasn't it? He played the Colin Firth was in it. Good cast, really good cast on that one. This was the slot. This was the this was the bomb that year. So really, I, I think, guess it already been perfected many years ago by Michael Caine. So. And I and I think as well, the caveat to this film is that it doesn't necessarily have to make the money that year. A Christmas film has only got a month in cinemas. That's true, and it's not going to have the return on DVDs or anything till the following year. And then it's going to have rewatchability every year there on. It's like Christmas songs. You know, you, um, you don't need to hit straight away. You need to hit that it, will, will for replay for yeah. 50 years. So Christmas Carol, I think, yes, didn't make the return at the time because it wouldn't have played in cinemas all around the world because, it, it, you know, it's um, it, it's not universally celebrated. Um, yeah. And it has a short window to be in the cinema and it doesn't have the immediate... No one in January is like, yeah, let's buy that on DVD and watch it again. <laughs> but it would have made that money back by now. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh, 2010's uh, How Do You Know, a film that actually slipped the radar of me. I've never seen it. It's a Paul uh, Rudd movie with Jack Nicholson, a film that racked up 50 million before they even started filming any of it due to the high um, costs. We also already talked about Disney's flop, Mars Needs Mums, which I can't believe came out in 2011. All I know is that film's bad. I it's even the watched Seth Green was, isn't it? Seth I've Green. watched it the whole way through. It's unwatchable in it, parts. It is very difficult. And it's one of them that they tried to sneak on Disney Plus, didn't they? They was like, we've got to give it a home somewhere. And then the internet was like, remember that film? <laughs> They're fucking at the audacity to put it on Disney Plus. Well, of course they are going to, but um Disney just was like, hold my beer, let's just make loads of bad movies. Because then we got the big one, John Carter in 2012. Yeah. And then 2013, Lone Ranger, putting over 200 million into a Western, only to learn that the world doesn't necessarily like Westerns. It's almost as if we've known that for 40 years. <laughs> we've only liked one Western in the last 50 years. I'm sure that was Unforgiven. After that, we don't care anymore. Uh, Tombstone, I think. Oh, that's a good shout out, Tombstone. Free Tent to Humor, Christian Bale one. <clears throat> no, I, I think that's light, but that wasn't like box office thing. What I'm saying is it was a dead genre. I respect that though. I Like I say, I not got a problem. Got a problem with if there was an Indian actor, maybe Tonto should have been played by that. But other than that, at the time, at the time, caveat, mm. hey, it was a good film. Um, Clarice Entertainment is what you get when you order Disney off Wish. They brought a movie out in 2014 called Return to Oz, and it was one of them films where people couldn't believe the amount it cost when you saw how bad the animation was. Oh, it sounds like someone was fiddling the money. It, was. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's almost like, oh yeah, this cost. They said cost a million. Yeah, yeah. He's a fiver. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a Clarice Entertainment sunk after this one. You just closed the studio down, and um, I, I think it's also one of them where people were like, do, do we do we need to go back to Oz? Which was actually then proven when uh, James Franco made that movie. And people were like, we don't need to go to Oz <laughs> no, again. we really don't. <laughs> um, after the flops of Spielberg's Hook and 2003 Peter Pan, as we already said, Disney executives fought bollocks. Let's make another bomb. 
Give it to Hugh Jackman and alas, not even an origin story could convince film for lovers to like the Peter Pan story. Who fucking watches Peter Pan? I wonder what the origin of this is. Fucking origin. That's cinema though, isn't it? Cinema loves a fucking origin story. I hate an origin story. No, sorry. Why does everything need to have an origin story? Mm. So I looked back. Here you go, here's something. You know the screen debate we were having two weeks ago, three weeks ago? What specifically debate? I remember doing the Scream episode. Well, we were doing the Scream episode, and you said that he faked the limp, and I said he didn't fake the limp, so yeah. I watched it, and he doesn't fake the limp. He doesn't have the limp for Scream 4. No, yeah. Scream 5. When he dies, he doesn't have it. It's never explained, and I watched them all. There's a scene in the second one where he accuses, he says to um, Monica Geller. <laughs> Um, uh, Gail Weathers Gail Weathers he says um, how do you know I don't fake everything I do and I think maybe that's where it's come but I end up watching the third one and the origin story of the killer of the third one is that he's actually Disney sis- uh, Sydney's sister mm. and then I remember thinking oh my god they're all related I was thinking aren't they all they are they're all somehow related the killer's always got something related to the original one. I was like oh my god it's not the Scream series isn't that good and then remember then the third one it's an origin story for the two original killers because he's the one that shows them the video and teaches them how to kill and I was just like wow Scream 1 is ruined by Scream 3 and I'm just having a moan now about origin films and I'm sorry but cinema loves the origin story I know it? they do which because is your point <laughs> you've only got, if you've got a box office hit you've only got one of two ways to go you either do a sequel or you do a prequel isn't it and the origin yeah. there was a time I don't know when it was but there was a time when western audiences just needed to fucking know what turned that person crazy and we moved away from they're crazy just because they're crazy yeah. and I do kind of miss that I, I, so the there scary, is scary the, about the scariest films nowadays are when you don't get emotive yes I remember watching that Strangers movie, you know, and at the end of that, it's like, why us? You know, why have you tormented us? Because you were in. You were yeah. home. And, and that was the worst bit of that movie. And that movie was bad, you know, it was terrifying. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I think sometimes we lose ourselves in, you know, bad people doing bad things to good people is enough you need to, to scare the shit yeah. out of someone. I was actually having a really weird conversation this week as well with someone about how, although it's not my most watched genre or go-to genre, horror is the best genre of filmmaking, I think. Yeah, because it's subjective, it terrifies loads of different people or scares something different. So. Yeah, there's that. I think the style, the cinematography, the you know, the way you put together and uh, you know, a horror movie, I think is is one of the best. You know, if you look at, I suppose, the blueprint to action, comedy or whatever, you, you know, those, I, I find the horror one way more interesting in that you can have horror movies in broad daylight. You can have horror, horror movies about the supernatural or the alien or the... Or the you, guy you know, next door. Or the guy, yeah, or you can have it as, you know, if you look at a really awesome film like The Babadook, where it actually explores mental health, you know. And, and I, I was having this conversation the other day, and I thought, and also just the the tricks, I guess, the toolkit that you have at your arsenal when you're making a horror movie. You know, you can inject elements of horror into action or into drama or into comedy by a subtle change of lighting or a certain placement of a camera or the way a, an actor responds to a question. I, horror is a really, really fascinating and maybe the most versatile and interesting way of making a film, but it's still not my go-to. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't go home and like, oh, I'm just going to fuck I'm going to watch someone get diced up in a horror movie. <laughs> but I did find myself actually talking myself into the, in this conversation going, actually, I... I suppose it is the best. It is funny how you are you are you changing. We've been doing this podcast like f- over three years now. I think mm. it seems like, and it's weird how when you started off, horror was your most least liked 
genre. Yeah. Like, it was easy to say like that was yours, but it's the one that you've probably engaged with the most because you didn't like it when we started the podcast. Mm. That's now the one that you've kind of dipped your toe in and now you're probably up to your knees, mate, and you're just about to wade in. Yeah. <laughs> you're just about to jump in there, mate, and yeah. get it all over you. It is That's uh, a weird metaphor, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't yeah, I don't find myself, you know, if someone if someone says to me like um yeah, oh mate, you gotta watch this movie, mate. The death count's so high. Oh, oh yeah, brutal, never did mate. That. Yeah. that doesn't tie me in. But if someone's like, it's scary, but I couldn't tell you why. Yeah. Kind of mess, you'd be like, it's unsettling. Oh, that's what I'm on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's unsettling. Shot. Or um or it or, or it it really hung with me. You know, it really sat with me afterwards. You know, those kind of things. Horror will also never be a bomb because because obviously there are certain films we talk about Scream, it used a big cast to do the opposite. But it's four upcoming, so you don't have to worry about that many special effects because you practical effects in horror films still work and they're mm. probably better. You don't need a lister actors. You need cheap actors that will go on to you basically investing, hoping that they can get on screen and that they'll turn into big things. You don't really care after that. You're done. And they're easy to make because you just keep the costumes. You can write a sequel and the writing, let's be honest, isn't for the majority, the writing mm. isn't that great as in, as in the writing there is isn't, a blueprint. There is a blueprint yeah. that you follow. So horror very rarely comes in this because it's one of the genres on the whole where the subtle changes to the genre don't mean massive changes. So if we change the killer in Friday the 13th, it doesn't really make any difference to the film we've already shot. We reshoot it. But if we want to change the look of a spaceship in a sci-fi adventure, we have to recost, the redesign, the edits and everything like that. So mm. horror kind of like insulates itself. It allows most creativity with the least amount of change, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're right with that. Yeah. Oh my God, look who's deep, looking, sounding like we know what we're on about. Just wrote, wrote that on the backside of a crisp packet, mate, <laughs> just making up as I go along. I think the other thing with horror though as well is that studios will green light production to go straight to DVD. Yeah. You know, whether that be because it's the eighth sequel in a film series or well, because Stephen it knows, Seagal's in it. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it knows it will find a cool audience. It will find itself on horror forums and people will hunt it out or straight to video or, or on-demand filming. You know, it doesn't necessarily need that big screen release for it to be profitable or or, or um, find an audience because horror films, horror fans will find it, mm. you know, more so than, you know, no one's kind of going, oh, mate, this is really, really fucking good, like action adventure movie that, yeah, went straight to DVD, you know, because it probably starts soon as a You know, directed by Roman, L um, what's his name? Ronald, uh, oh, God, Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. Roland Emmerich. <laughs> 2016 was a weird one because we talk about, um, you know, uh, board games, battleships, you know, converting. <laughs> talk about kids' toys, though. Monster trucks. The movie was a first. Fucking hell, I didn't even... I remember the There's tentacles in it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I do remember it. It, it was a first. It was the first time a studio announced it would make a loss before the film was released. <laughs> so it was actually already out three months before that film hit the cinema. The studio was like, we fucked up. We're going to lose 60 million on this film I in a way it. to try and get people to sympathise with the multi-rich um, you know, film studios and producers. Oh, that's <laughs> and brilliant. people were just like, well, fuck it, I won't go then. <laughs> that's they, brilliant. They played a bluff and it didn't work. Um, Monstrous. Sorry. I suppose it goes down to as well. Out of all the kids' toys you had, why did you turn that one in? Because I can't remember Monster Trucks really being something that I was I like, got, got, mate, I can't remember this into a film. Yeah. You know, Jesus know, where's, Christ. Where's me, uh, it, it, what's it, the uh, Polly Pocket movie? That's the film I want to see. Mad Max. Uh, Mighty Max. Mighty Max. There mate, you yeah. go. They, they sold. Yeah, I used to have a few of them. I used to have loads of them. Mm. What I hated when they came out with new editions, I'd have one and I'd see one like Toys R Us, which was a better version than the one I had. It was bigger. It pissed me off, mate still gets to me to this day mm. 
And it's also that's changed as well. Like having a kid now, you, you don't make sweet small like choking hazards. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Our parents, mate, <laughs> couldn't give a shit. The wrapping paper it came in was less of a choking hazard than Max himself. <laughs> yeah, it's it's monster, so fucking old. <laughs> monster trucks is I I didn't bother watching it. Now there is a lesson to be learned in that because there was a string of movies I didn't watch because I didn't think they were gonna they didn't look that good. Real Steel was the other one. That actually was good. You know, the Hugh Jackman one with the, the fighting boxing robots. One. Yeah. 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 The rock and sock and robots. Yeah. yeah. And I watched that and I was like, that movie was, that was good. I, re- I quite enjoyed it. It was one of them right place, right time movies. You know, like where I had an afternoon off I probably yes. had a few beers in me and I was like, I'm just going to watch it. And I, I quite enjoyed it. There's a clip of the internet, which is about, you know, a minute where they do these short videos and it's this, it's the fight where he doesn't fight. Mm. He's just blocking all the time and everyone's telling him to fight and then he does fight. And I'm thinking, what is this? Why is someone edited this minute? Is this minute good? Yeah. <laughs> what is so special about this minute? I still don't see it. <clears throat> I haven't seen it. 2017, weird one. With the intentions to turn it into a universe, Guy Ritchie made Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Suffered pushbacks, delays, competition against films like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and most significantly, it was challenged with shit storytelling, bad acting, and boring action scenes. It was, it was bad. It was bad. It was, it was bad. very bad. It's, it's, someone had seen Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and just transferred it. The main actor, Sons of Charlie Anarchy, Hunnam, yeah. Charlie Hunnam. I like Charlie Hunnam. I, the Gentleman is a film that we watched that we, that we kind of liked but didn't really like, but Charlie Hunnam's very good in it, and he's got a quality. He's a leading man. He's got it. He's mm. dog shit in this. He's like, he's like a really low version of Del Boy, but he's also Arthur and David Beckham's in it. David Beckham is and in it. Ju- he's just because he goes shit. to the same gym as Guy Ritchie when he's in London. It's, bo- it's, it's bollocks. He's, he's a bad film, and there's very little redeeming quality. I don't want Del Boy to be Arthur. Mm. I want Arthur to be a different character. I don't. I am sick of the same characters just transported differently in the same film. It, I, I remember watching it and. The alarm bells were very early on with the giant elephants. Yeah, I, I forgot like, about that. What's yeah. going on here? What's yeah. this about? And again, cinema Hollywood just got in this. They they went through the, I suppose the kind of the films like uh, Alexander the Great and Troy, and they had these big like blockbustery multi uh, cast members. You know, and Gladiator basically put the nail in it and just went, no, this is how you do it. Yeah, it's done. This is how move you move on. But what they then moved over to was like. Oh, we really need a Robin Hood movie, you know, with like oh, Taron yeah. Egerton and Jamie Foxx. And we, yeah, we need I an hate Arthur. that Jack the Lad type quality in a film that's supposed to be about mystical and fucking first night with Richard Gere has that kind of Jack the Lad quality who goes up against Sean Connery, who is King Arthur. Why is this Jack the Lad so fucking awesome all the time? We'll have to like love it so much. No, Charlie Hunnam is a great actor. I'm sick of him playing the same role. Oh, Guy Ritchie mm. really killed this. But don't worry, because he went on to make Aladdin. Yeah. Which still doesn't make any sense. We don't talk about it enough. Well, Disney executive went, do you know what this style live action movie make needs? What? The fucking director from Snatch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't make sense. And yeah. we don't talk about it enough as a species. We don't talk about cats enough as well. So like, <laughs> put Idris Elba in the cat suit. <laughs> Show us your asshole. <laughs> Show us, yeah. Um, <laughs> and still, still the only... Yeah, cats. 2018 was the Peter Jackson year when uh, Mortal Engines didn't find it. In fact, it lacked over 170 millions worth of tickets. Oh, is how much it needed to sell to be able to break even. But deserved. There's films that you want to make happen. And that I wanted that film to work, but it doesn't work. It's a bad film. In recent memory, pre-pandemic, the last movie to really hit the headlines as a flop or a box office bomb 
Bear in mind, 2019, we had the record-breaking Endgame, breaking the billion. So the superhero genre showing you what it could do, and also Dark Phoenix showing you what it can't do, which lost over 130 million. And again, was shrouded with controversy over the reshoots, um, the the kind of ch- the script changes, the rumors coming away that that um, it was the same time when they had that other X Men movie, the uh, mutants, no, the new the mutants, mutants, yeah, where they were like, we don't know what to do with it, we don't know if it's horror, we don't know if it's um, you know, teen coming of age movie, like trying to struggling to find its platform, and that new mutants had like Anya Taylor Joy in it, you know, and and some really good cast in it, and it had a really I'm certain I'm not dreaming this. I forget I had a big bear ghost thing. It was the villain. <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm trying. I was saying it. I remember it said we were like, I didn't see this film going here, <laughs> but we're here. I don't understand. You see, that's that's really cool. You had the end game, which is which is one of the best storylines in in movie history, but also comic book <laughs> history. But you've also got the red the the Phoenix saga, which is the best, in my opinion. It's the best. It's better than Death in the Family from Batman. It's the best story about this woman, Jean Grey, that we've all loved hosting the most diabolical power in the world, forcing her friends and loved ones to turn against her and they have to kill her because literally the Phoenix will not let go. Horrible story. And I don't understand how we've had three goes at it and the fucking animated cartoon in 991 is the only one that's actually done it right. You've you've thrown so much fucking money telling these stories. You still can't tell it right. Fuck you. And and, and again, it's that weird uh, phenomenon that is in the box office that... How, when you've got Michael Fassbender and um, what's his name? Oh, fuck, I forgot his name now. Uh, Scott McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah. You know, when you've got this caliber of actors. You've got the next generation of actors coming through. You've got the guy with Speedy. Oh, I can't remember. Evan Evan Peters. Yeah. Sophie Turner. You've got. You've got A-listers and future A-listers in yeah. your cast and you still can't fucking not, pull us not, out Not ass. just in this, you know, in, in the other incarnations of, you know, the X-Men first classes. The first one with Richard, uh, with Kevin Bacon. Kevin was Bacon awesome. awesome. I love the second one. Look at Jinko. Oscar Isaacs as is, is oh, Apocalypse. Apocalypse. That was bad. The, you know, it should be, but when you've got Mark Fassbender and bloody McAvoy in your film, one put of them, them can, down at a table and just give me 90 minutes of them to dialogue. One of them can control Mel and the other one can do anything he puts his mind to. How is there any other people in this universe that can go against them? I've never understood that. And there is a scene in this where uh, Magneto, Mac, um, Fassbender on the train, where he's basically like taking guns and he's taking names. Like he's killing people left, right and centre. He's he's fully converted to the dark side. Yeah, you know? he is, he's the tits. And and he's like flipping train carriages away. And this one guy runs at him and he just squashes the whole train carriage on this dude. And you're like, oh, that's badass. Shame that is rest. as badass as when I saw um, Sir uh, Ian McKellen take the guns off all the police and yes. turn them on each other. Do you remember when you other? first saw that? That was amazing. That, that was scene. like, yes. fucking hey, like that dude's badass. And there's that bullet just spinning in that guy's yeah. forehead. Yeah, oh my God, I fucking love the old X-Men films. I like the first two of those X-Men films. Yeah. Oh, mate. But, um, and then, of course, the pandemic hit. So in 2020, all films uh, suffered. All there, films you suffered. Know, there was no, there was no, it'd be unfair of us to put any particular one. So, I mean, out of all those, is there a is there a shock? Is there one that doesn't deserve to be there? Is there one that's got a redemption story? Or maybe we'll find its audience in later life, find its a new home, get a cult status, and maybe claw some of that money back. I'm I'm, I'm going to shoot my shot and say one of my favourites on there is probably Tiny. I do like that film. I think it was a good film. I ha- but then again, I'm part of the problem. I haven't rewatched it because why would I? Mm. <laughs> and also, you've got to 
the problem with box office bombs as well is studio companies and uh, television companies don't buy them up to show you the rights to these films because they're box office bombs. They don't think people like them. Never going to own it. But I like Tanae. It was a good film. Didn't deserve it, in my opinion. Mm. Deserved to be lauded as a very good animated film. That's like 13-year-old me speaking, though. And like I said, between you and I and our thousands and thousands of listeners, uh, don't hate me, but I did actually quite like The Lone Ranger when it came out. Terrible, terrible choice now, though. Yeah, so when I, I will never rewatch that because I don't want the FBI coming around my house. So when I look at it and, and I think, which one of these could I save? I, Titan A is the only one I think really that, that you're right. It didn't deserve it. Maybe the animation, because I think animation, I haven't seen the Return to Oz movie, but. Uh, you know, Sinbad and that and um, and Titan. Animation is such a beautiful form of storytelling that you hope it does find its legs somewhere or find its audience at some mm. point. And, you know, how can you be mad at something, you know, that, you know, is hand-drawn and has that attention to detail and beauty and stuff. So that's the one that hurts. I think the, the one that I think has potential is probably Mortal Engines of being done right at some point. Not this carnation, yeah. not... Not the carnation that we've got from Peter Jackson, but I do think that won't be the last we hear of that story. Yeah, but but this is also a very weird barometer because it's the one thing, you can make a great film and if you don't market it right, people aren't going to watch your film. So it does nothing, it doesn't necessarily, and the reason I bring this up, has you got 1998's bomb on there? The film that bombed in 1998, the biggest box office bomb. Uh, oh, sorry, I didn't want to put you on the No, spot. I haven't, but let me think. So it wasn't Godzilla, obviously. But that's my point. Godzilla made a lot of money and Godzilla was a terrible film. It was probably one of the worst films to come out in 1998. But it made a lot of money mm. and it kept rolling average in a job. And it's really weird that I can guarantee you that whatever film was the big box office bomb in 1998, Godzilla was probably a worse movie. Mm. So just because it's a box office bomb, we shouldn't, we shouldn't hate the people that make it. We shouldn't turn on the actors. We shouldn't turn on the writing. There are good films out there that we as an audience just don't go see. Yeah, and that's the most important takeaway from it. They were great films. Titan A.E. is a brilliant film. I like it. I I kind of want to go rewatch it. Mm. Talking about it today, and, and you're right. I mean, we talked about it in this episode. You know, the PR around a movie can be sabotaged based on world events. You know, um, as we talked about action movies after 9/11, you know, obviously would have been stalled or, or stopped or shelved. At the moment, I don't see anyone rushing to make um, any kind of modern war films because of what's happening in Ukraine. We still get obviously World War Two films. Um, and what really is surprising is that there wasn't a Clash of Titans, Wrath of Titans, Gods of Egypt, Exodus, one of them in here, Pompeii. You know, you would have. I if I was putting money on it, I thought one of them would have. Yeah. Which are the bad movies? I think over some of the ones that are on these lists. Sphere. Oh, was Sphere the big box office bomb that year? Yeah, and the Avengers, but there's Sean Connery, Uma Thurman, and. Yeah, Ralph, yeah. Dav- Ralph Davis. Who the fuck is Ralph Davis? Ralph Fiennes or Voldemort yeah. himself? That was a terrible. Th- there you go. That's a box office film that was terrible. Mm. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah. But, so I've just kind of like disproved my and, own and point. You think <laughs> Connery didn't quit then. He kept going. Kept going. He's like, I'm going to wait for a real bomb when I uh, bring uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Disproved my own point. That's such a me thing to do. Yeah. Sphere is an odd one though. I like Sphere. Mm. I, I like the idea. Like you, the human race could have anything it wants, yeah. and it decides to it decides to scare the shit out of itself. Here's the best example of a box office bomb: when you, uh, is uh, Hellboy Two, Golden Army. Yes, oh, cracking choice! One of the best mm. comic book films of all time. Why did it box office bomb? 
because it went up against Dark Knight. <laughs> Which is the, probably the only film that was better. Than <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Del Toro's like, fuck it. Let's just do it. Let's go for it. That's if a good there was shot. ever a time to hold on to a film and release it later <laughs> or earlier. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time it's a race to the box office, isn't it? Yeah. You know, particularly summer blockbusters are the ones, isn't it? It's always competing film studios to get their film out. And you often hear as well, this is a really weird one, is that um, Disney animations, there's, there's quite often the year a Disney bring a film out, a rival animated studio brings out the same film. If you look at the history of like Little Mermaid and Hercules and all those films, yeah. there is a lesser known studio bringing out their version of those films that same year. Yeah. They just get swamped under the juggernaut that is Disney, you know, in their marketing campaigns. And and to end this bit, is 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 a bit of a horrifying thought. We don't go to the cinema very often, which means that there are more box office bombs coming your way. And worryingly they're going to be some of the franchises that you love. We don't, we're not going to go see the biggest films. We, and I wonder how that switch will go. Cause obviously we watch, we consume more content with our subscriptions now, which would mean that there's less things to watch. And I think it's an insular circle. I'll eat itself. Streaming services won't be able to generate enough money to get the high budget stuff that we need. And it will take someone mm. to gamble again. Like Hollywood is all a gamble. They'll gamble. We'll have the big film. We'll have Hudson Hawk too, mate. We'll all go see it. There you go. So the, the sphere, <coughs> the sphere of the box office bomb will continue. Yeah. It's odd. I don't know what's going to, no one's got the crystal ball to figure it out, but the way that uh, cinema is on the decline, so it's got to give, it's either got to be, and, and the thing is, it won't be where we think it should be. It won't be these people that are making millions off these films. It won't be the, the, the they won't trim off the top. Mm. You know, certain actors' paychecks are not going to get reduced to, you know, it, there are certain people that do that. Like Tom Cruise is the Tom Brady of cinema, you know, and Tom Brady takes a pay cut so the team can buy other players because he's more bothered about winning the Super Bowl than his salary. Yeah. And Tom Cruise is the same. He would say he'll reduce his salary to get Henry Cavill in Mission Impossible because that he knows that that's what the film needs or he'll take a pay cut because of a certain spectacular stunt requires additional funding because he serves the film and it's probably because he's got millions in the bank yeah, so he probably, probably, probably like wipes his ass with $100 yeah. <laughs> whereas like that's the thing isn't it I think with some of these movies survive. I mean will indie film uprise yes it will on streaming services you know the cheaper um, movies the kind of independent movies will do it but they won't get the release because they haven't got the market in or they can't afford to get them into the cinema so it's all pointing towards streaming services getting bigger and bigger. And I also think films, the 90 minute mark, which is the kind of the the yeah. ballpark for most films. I think we're going to see that change to 80 minutes, oh. 70, because content now is about fast, yeah. you know, like, you know. And, and, and then the, and films, not- the films that will push that will be the uh, exception, not the rule. <coughs> like, like I remember going to the cinema to see Batman, it's nearly three hours long, you know, the latest one. But it weirdly kind of needed to be because it was a spectacle and that would stand out more when films are like 80. So when they push that 80 mark, they will be like an actual, it'll be like an event. Yeah. It's like, wear your diapers because <laughs> you're going to yeah. piss and shit through this film. But not always the case in Avatar. Yeah, it's true. You know, the, all the predictions are that Avatar is not going to make anywhere near the amount that the first Avatar But I never is. was going to. Like, I'm not being funny. No one, no one, no one was screaming out for Avatar 2. No one. There wasn't like hordes of people like the Schneider Cut released the Schneider Cut. We were all fine living in a world where there was one Avatar, which was all right. <laughs> we were fine with that, but we watched that horse badonkey. Fuck I've, you, Cameron. <laughs> I, do, I do think as well, like when they do like these Disney events where it's like they bring it on stage and then Kevin Feige's like, and then moving into the next five years, we've got these films and then we see it and the crowd's like, whoa! Imagine the cinema where Cameron like walks out of stage with Murray, he's like, it's coming. Avatar 2. And the room's just silent. One person's like, <laughs> yay. 
Cool, the blue cats. <laughs> Joey's like, yeah, I'm not sure anyone's asking for it, but um, but they made it. <laughs> they did, which is which and is it, which is weird because he can ignore that. He said they would have to make something like a trillion dollars to break even, and no one knew we were going to do that. But a studio gave him the backing and gave him a lot of money to do it. So, but some people obviously don't give a shit about box office bombs. It's a weird world we live in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's unpredicted times, but. Good, good, interesting exercise actually to look at uh, box office bombs, and mm. and it's also um, what be really interesting to look at the I suppose the um, the opposite, well, the, the, yeah. the highest grossing well, films. Maybe you could break it down as well into the MCU to look at the most profitable there, because we I think when you rank them quite often, four two, Dark World always comes at the bottom of the list. I, yeah. I know a lot of people have not paid too much uh, kindness to the latest Ant Man movie, but um, that also is a testament to the likability of said character. Yeah. But then Guardians of the Galaxy contradict that because that's a character that, again, even our comic book fans, a lot of them would say they weren't like A-list characters, but James Gunn's done an amazing thing with them. So, yeah, I don't know. Interesting times, interesting. Uh, Box office, I've never, like the Oscars and awards, I've never really paid too much attention because I don't think it defies a movie. But sometimes it is, uh, you know, it... It, it, it's interesting just to see how it goes. Yeah, agreed. That's our show for this week. Thank oh, no, you so no, no. much. I'm going to have to stop you. All right. Because for the last few weeks, mate, I've had something on my mind. Years ago, we had a thing called Arsehole of the Week. I think we stopped it when yummies tried to uh, sell you food that you'd bought but I hadn't given to you. You know, we kind of retired it because no one was no one was beating yummies, mate. Mm. Close down now, you won. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about that. We don't talk about how you won. I'm gonna tell you, I need to bring it back. I need to bring it back for a show that I have been watched, a bit obsessed with. I mean, if I was bringing it back last week, it'd be Steve, he knows what he did. But this week, it's Nikki. Who's Nikki you hear you asking? Well, Nikki's a contestant on the first series of Glow Up, mate, and I'm I'm, I'm not happy about this. Glow Up is a show I didn't know that I needed in my life. MUAs, makeup artists, mate, creating brilliance, mm. working with the industry's best people. So in like the second episode of series one, they uh, they go see the guy who does prosthetics and the makeup for Harry Potter. And it was awesome watching these very, very skilled people create works of art. But series one, I'm going to tell you now, mate, it fucking wound me up, and I'm very, very angry about it. Nikki is in the MUA. So, sorry. You're all doing there. The two worst people basically have a playoff at the end and the person who loses the playoff is eliminated from the show. There's eight episodes. Nikki is in the MUAs for the last five episodes. So Nikki does not perform well. She's always one of the two to go. Always one of the two to go. In the final one, final episode, there's three very talented people. I forget one of their names. Ellis, who's definitely going to win because he's shone the boast out of all these episodes. And you've got Nikki, right? And Nikki, in the final episode, is doing terribly and the, one of the judges comes and helps her with it Oh, what's the point of a contest and reality show if the judge is going to come and do your work for you? She got second. She got second. I refused to watch it, mate. As soon as they eliminated the third guy, whose name I can't remember, refused to watch it, mate. I will never watch the end of series one. Of Glow Up. Of Glow Up. It's on I Netflix. I have seen this. It's brilliant. I love it. Second one, Ophelia definitely deserved to win it. Spoilers. I know I've just told you won it, but Ophelia was so talented, mate. But that first one, Nikki didn't even deserve to be there. She couldn't shine what's-his-name shoes. <laughs> Is this the one where one of the judges is bald with like a weird moustache? Yo, no, that's all serious, Frank. He's, I have seen it, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do know the show you're referring to. I can see so, the passion. So, Arsehole of the Week, Nikki, for that thing that you did years ago, and she's very, <laughs> I like to find out she is very talented, but you did not. The judge came and did it for you, and you somehow got a second fuck off, Nikki. I like what I'm you're not doing. Happy. I like how you brought that. You thought this shows are too much positivity. <laughs> I need to this piss week's off episode. <laughs> I just need a, I need a really rough zone. Yeah, maybe it wasn't box office gold. No. Esther watched. Uh, Esther watched Look Who's Talking now this week, uh, the first one, mm. 
rewatch it if you get a chance. A film that would definitely not be made today. And I, I encourage the audiences to go out and watch that. A film you would definitely not be used today. Talking Baby. No, well, no, 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 not only talking to baby, but at one point I forgot that John Schwartz isn't the actual father. No, he isn't. No, he's no, the- and he actually steals a baby, <laughs> and everyone's everyone's perfectly fine with it. <laughs> Helps himself into this house, kind of sexually assaults Kirstie Allen. Hero of the story. Watch look who's talking. Yeah. It's a it's a film that you would not make now. <laughs> there you go. That's what my week's been. We'll have to do that at some point. Films that you couldn't make now. Yeah, it's a good. It just just. Because the world has moved on. The world's advanced. Society won't accept it anymore. Look who's talking. We promise we're going to do some, some positive episodes now. We, we, we've done two episodes of, of Bad Days. We're going to have some positive. We're going to talk. A, but we'll have another great and we'll top, top three and then we'll do a good film. We'll do something. We'll do nice things. Yeah. Let's, let's there's, this, there's enough negativity in my life right now, mate. Let's turn the <laughs> ship around. There you go. All right. That's our show for this week. If I don't see you later because I'm watching Glow Up. Good <laughs> afternoon. Good evening. Good night. Goodbye.